0: y'all heard
1: one two three hey Hey everybody everybody. this is y'all heard a podcast where me marissa phillips
2: and me pete phillips
1: are not related 300 times
2: yep yep this is the 300th episode so you don't need an introduction in fact we promise that for 301 there's going to be a new consistent introduction
1: Woo, did someone give you an idea nope, or you decided? Nobody. To it? Okay. I just
2: I'm giving myself a deadline.
1: Okay, I like it. Whoa! oh, you didn't think of one yet? Nope. Okay, cool. And uh, a new year resolution.
2: But at the very least we tell you things you didn't know that you needed to know.
1: Oops, thanks. You got it. We've only,
2: only done it 300 times. Sorry. <laughs> Ha ha how are you I'm okay I uh am a little bummed because I went to make my sister gluten-free chocolate chip cookies
1: She's gluten-free
2: Well, she's not supposed to have gluten. Oh. And so I was like, "Oh, I read that you can make oatmeal into oat flour."
1: Yes.
2: So I don't know if I didn't have the right tools or what. But you it took feel
1: to blend it.
2: It took forever.
1: Oh no.
2: And I don't think I had enough. So when I baked them, the whole oh. entire sheet just ended up one giant thin oh, cookie no. with chunks of chocolate all over it.
0: Okay.
2: So that was a bummer.
1: I'm sorry. You could also just buy her chocolate chip cookies that are gluten free
2: yeah but it's not the same. It's the holidays, you know well, everybody's yeah. getting their home I know. cooked. and then I read,
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, everyone's getting their home cooked. yep, okay. Be careful. <laughs>
2: <laughs> then I read a confusing press release that the m and ms are coming back to be in a Super Bowl commercial.
1: What do you mean they left?
2: exactly
1: <laughs> what do you mean i'm not I'm not even being funny.
2: They they're had that whole thing record. last year about how they were going to, you know, that Maya Rudolph was going to take over M&M. <laughs> oh,
1: but I thought we thought that was just a hoax because there's right. still an M&M commercial that plays like every day with like them talking to a mime.
2: Yeah. And they're going to have another one in the Super Bowl. And I, I read it and I was like, why is this new?
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely nobody cares. Also, wow, it's almost the Super Bowl. I forgot.
2: Yeah. February you got you got you have almost two months
1: uh Aaron just keeps watching football and I'm like enough (laughs) anyway uh anything else
2: well there's something I didn't tell you about Marissa Uh uh-oh at work I entered the office holiday decoration contest
1: why didn't you tell me were you ashamed maybe okay <laughs> did you win i don't know oh
2: voting closes in 20 minutes
1: oh and when do you find out tomorrow
2: maybe yeah well i guess somebody will find out tomorrow
1: yeah I think we're gonna have to add is that what an addendum means an addendum to this episode that lets us know if you won i don't know if that's what addendum means
2: Is that what I need to do to get you to listen?
1: (laughs) Why do I need to hear my own show? You're an insane person. I'm still occasionally mad that I give to our Patreon.
2: You have to listen to our show because I have to listen to our show.
1: Sometimes I listen to the beginning to see if there's any little jazzy something, like a little new promo or something you added, but no. (laughs) No. I guess if you put it that way, like, I should have to because you should, then I, you could guilt me into it. Okay, maybe.
2: I have to listen to it for editing.
1: I yeah, have to listen so, to it
2: closer. You could just have it on. No, just yeah, make sure you okay. download it, that's all.
1: <laughs> okay, sure, that's valid.
2: And that's for you too, listeners.
1: Just make sure you download it?
2: Well, I mean, listen <laughs> to it too. but Okay. Marissa, um, tell us about meat.
1: Okay, so how I am. I'm actually pretty nauseous. Uh, I've been nauseous since Saturday night. Uh, in case you didn't know, I do have a stomach condition, but I usually have it under control. But every once in a while, something tips the scales, and I'm sick for a bunch of days. That happened on Saturday night. I made a reservation. I was so excited to go to Gukaku, a Japanese barbecue place. Where you like order like a bunch of raw meat and you cook it on the grill, and I, I'm not on a diet, but I was sounds like a
2: terrible it. idea.
1: I mean, I went to it a lot of times and I love it. Um, I've been eating pretty healthy, but I was like, oh, this will be a splurge. And I looked at the menu ahead of time and I was like, we're gonna get this one. It comes with five different meats, but not like a huge slab of meat, like a few little pieces. Uh, It was still going to be a splurge, but um, it was going to be a reasonable amount of meat for two people out on the town splurging. So the set I got, it was called the Chef's Choice, which made no sense to me. Because Chef's Choice, usually you don't have control over it. But this had like a list of four appetizers and five meats. So I said, can I get the the Chef's Choice package? And they said yes.
2: (laughs) And and two orders? (laughs)
1: No. (laughs) So, two appetizers come, and they're the ones I expect. Then two more appetizers come, and they're not what I expect. And I was like, is this actually chef's choice? And, like, I don't have control over it? Okay, whatever. It's fine. I ordered it. We'll roll with it. So the waiter comes, and I don't complain. I just say, hey, does chef's choice mean, like, you just give us whatever you want, or should it be what's on the paper? (laughs) Because I didn't say it in a mean way. I was just like, because two of these... You give us
2: whatever you want?
1: (laughs) No, I didn't say it. I mean, does it mean like it's whatever the chef chooses, or, you know, is it what's on this paper? Because two of these don't match what's on the paper. And he's like, oh, let me look into that. So five minutes later, you know, like sometimes someone other than the waiter brings food. So five minutes later, someone who wasn't our waiter... Comes with four appetizers, and we're like, "Oh, no, 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 no! I don't, um, I, I, what? We already got four appetizers. I don't, um." (laughs) And they were just like, "Well, we were told to give these to you," and I was like, "Honestly, we don't, we don't want all of these. We already ate four appetizers." So, where's my meat? (laughs) So they bargained with us, and they gave us one appetizer. So we're up to five. So, so we're up to five appetizers. Keep 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 count.
2: You can't get a doggy bag or something.
1: Five minutes later, I'll I'll get to that. We're at a hotel, <laughs> by the way. Five minutes later, someone else comes with a gigantic bowl of rice and just leaves it, and we don't have any time to protest. <laughs> so we're up to six appetizers. Me and Aaron are not particularly large eaters. So I and we don't like to. Aaron doesn't like to waste food, and then he guilts me into not wasting food. I'm fine with wasting food. <laughs> So we're eating so much food and I'm like man I'm like not even hungry anymore And we still have five meats <laughs> So our waiter Comes with like eight meats And I'm like
2: I'm sorry did you say eight
1: meats Eight different types of meat, And I know some of those Are not the meat like our package did not Include chicken it did not Include all this pork So I'm like excuse me
2: What I is wrong think- with you
1: guys i was <laughs> like I don't think We ordered, this is not all, like, this is too much meat. We didn't order all this. And he goes, oh, you know what? You're right. The kitchen just keeps making mistakes. I'm sorry. And he takes some of the meat away. And I'm like, thank God. Five minutes later, someone comes with three more meats. (laughs) And just leaves them before he can protest. And I'm, like, really upset. I'm, like, really upset because I've been trying to eat right and I wanted it to be a little splurge. But now yeah. it's becoming a ridiculous
2: Now it's gluttonous.
1: <laughs> and I'm, like, upset. And, like, I'm just getting a little overwhelmed. But I'm like, I'm just going to try to make the best of it. I know, like, we can't eat all this meat. Whatever. Ten minutes later, someone comes with a big thing of shrimp and just leaves it. <laughs> and leaves.
2: It's a big and, table.
1: <laughs> and I'm, like, really getting upset. I, like, getting I'm, like, getting fragile because I'm, like... I don't want to eat all this meat. (laughs) And ten minutes later, someone comes with another type of meat and a thing of cheese fondue. (laughs) And I just like almost get teary-eyed because I'm just like, I don't want to eat all this meat. (laughs) And Aaron's like, and I'm just like, I'm not eating this and they were like, you're gonna waste all this and I was like, stop bullying me to eat the meat and I'm like, I'll eat like a piece of each (laughs) and there's like all this raw meat and remember, this is all raw fucking meat which is a plate of raw meat all over (laughs) and the waiter's just like, is everything good and we're like, yeah (laughs) because we don't feel like we can just like give back raw meat so we don't know what's happening.
2: But you, by giving it back, you make it someone else's problem.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, we should have given it back. But anyway, long story short, we tried our best. But there was so much fat. I looked at the grill and there was such a big... I was like, there's a bunch of water and there. I was like, no, that's the fat drippings." So it was just a puddle of oil on the bottom. And I f***ed up my stomach because I... I ate like a week's worth of fat intake that I'm allowed to have in one meal. And then we also got charged for various things we didn't order that were given to us by mistake. So that was also fun. (laughs) So anyway, that was the meat incident. And I'm really sick because I ate too much meat. And I did almost start crying.
2: (laughs) I could definitely see that happening. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Because it just wouldn't stop. I was like, it's never going to (laughs) stop. and it wasn't funny anymore so anyway guys that's my story that's how I am I'm still recovering from the meat incident I told my mother and she yelled at me she's like you know you can't eat that much meat you better be good for Christmas and I was like I
0: mean,
1: I'm, not telling I'm you
2: always good
1: story <laughs> <laughs> okay let's move on hey Marissa Yep.
2: I'm sorry that happened to you thank you Listener mail. So, our glorious listeners have uh, checked in with us to, you know, let us know that they appreciate the show and appreciate the 300th episode. So, we're going to hear from some of them. Not all of them are our listeners. One of them we did buy.
1: How do you tell <laughs> them that?
2: <laughs> so, our first one here is from our old pal Michael Vinos.
1: All right.
3: A P Emmerista, Michael number seven. I am calling to wish you a happy 300th episode. I've been meaning to call for a while. There are a number of things you've mentioned on the podcast that I want to call and leave comments on, but I really can't remember what any of them are at this point. I do know you're asking about how you say water. I say water as water. And also...
2: That was just fun to hear. (laughs) I know you talked about how you say water. I say water like water.
1: That was fun. Does he say water differently than I say water?
3: We'll give it another go. Talking about how you say water, I say water as water. And also, uh, I did want to congratulate you, Marissa and Pete, on an episode on Kangaroo Jack, a movie which does not get enough appreciation these days or any days at all Mm -hmm. but i appreciate you doing the episode on that it was really fun to listen to i hope they make a sequel someday and not just an animated one uh additionally thanks for giving my forthcoming podcast every day is groundhog day except for the days when it's not a shout out it will be coming out soon and I am glad that I'll be sharing the podcast waves with you guys
1: Well, listen. Again.
3: So, congratulations. Let's have another 300 and then another 3,000 after that. Oh,
1: gosh. That's <laughs> a lot. I don't know.
2: You're going to be like 120 years old.
1: <laughs> no. But thank my you videos. Know, does he say water like I say water? I think so. Where's he from?
2: I believe North Jersey.
1: Now will you say water? Water? Everyone says water the same to me. Yeah. <laughs> Except for people that say water. Water? Everyone, call us back in and say water for us. Just call us and say water. Don't even say Yeah, let us else. make
2: a super cut of all of our listeners saying yeah, water.
1: Yeah, I want to hear them next to each other. I feel like that's the only way... You make a super cut of you, me, and Michael Vito saying water. <laughs> no, you do enough work already.
0: Water. Water. Water.
2: Water.
1: Water. 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 Water.
2: Water. Okay. Uh, Mike, by the way, is not skimping on his new podcast. He's got, he's got podcast recognized cover design, Ooh. music, everything. So that's
1: awesome.
2: He is going all out. So make sure you subscribe to that and uh, keep an ear out. Okay. This one has a video. I don't know how it's going to work for you.
0: Ooh. Hey, it's me again, Nicole J. Okay. Butler, A.K.A. She Shed Cheryl. And when I heard the news that you're celebrating your 300th episode of your podcast, listen, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised at all. Because <laughs> you know what? The hardest part is to begin, right? Tell me. So you began this podcast. And you began it over and over and over again until you got to 100. And then you began it over and over and over again because each episode is a new beginning, right? Until you got to 200. So I wasn't surprised at all that you got to 300. I'm proud of you. Uh, I am in awe of you. I think I told you this before. I'm inspired by you. And I really hope your listeners are inspired by you as well. because. It takes a lot yes. of fortitude. It takes a lot of <laughs> persistence to just keep at it. Also, you found something that you, you like to do. So that's half the battle right there. It's good to see you keeping on and keeping at it. And uh, how about I meet you here, as always. <laughs> I'll meet you here for 400 And depends right. on me. How about that? How about that? Does she that's mean that? <laughs> if I had Does a hat mean- to cover my... Uh, look. I am living my uh, best blonde Beach Bay life at the moment. It's the holidays, and, you know, it is what it is. But if I had a hat on, my hat would be off to you. I don't have a hat, but I have a glass. Hang on. (laughs) This lady's good at what she does. (laughs) So cheers to you for number 300, and I'll meet you here at 400. All right? You have my word. See you soon. Bye.
1: Now she bound us to hire her again, but she doesn't need to this lady's really good at what she does. she seems so sincere I could almost think she listens to our podcast also do I assume you had to tell her that we've hired her before I
2: don't know I mean I did oh <laughs> but maybe I didn't have to I don't know
1: <laughs> Yeah first of all if you remember who she said Cheryl is from whatever commercials I don't know what commercials were State that? Farm? An yeah, insurance maybe. commercial. Yeah, uh, she dyed her hair blonde. She looks fabulous. Yeah, she she feels her sincerity. It feels real. It feels real. I like it. That's money well spent. How That's, much does she, do her cameos cost?
2: I don't remember.
1: Okay. It doesn't
2: matter what price worth I'll it. pay it. Yes.
1: Yeah, I think she does a really good job.
2: That's Nicole J. Butler. Sure? Look her up. Follow her on Instagram.
1: Are She's, you gonna? Remind her that she said it was on her when we asked her to do it for 400
2: Probably not, no.
1: <laughs> okay. I was going to
2: say, like, okay, yeah, you could give it to us for free, but I like to give you money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> True, okay.
0: Icebreaker.
2: Uh, I heard this on another podcast. I don't know if it's a great icebreaker, but I thought it would be something worth putting out. And it's a weird one because I'm going to ask you for something that you didn't pay attention to. Okay. But since this is our Christmas end of the year <laughs> and 300th episode. Yeah. Um, what is something from the past year like that was in the news or something like that that you just kind of like were, you just didn't have time to even care about it? Oh, like something was going nuts and you were just like, you know what? I can't even read about that right now because it's like there's too much going on or it's too stupid or it's too annoying or what?
1: I'm sure there's a lot of things because I I wouldn't say proudly, but I'm unashamed to say that except for when I buy the New York Times and when I see the New York Times Instagram headline, I don't look at the news. Not because I want to be ignorant, but because it just stresses me out so much, and mm-hmm. if it's important enough, I just assume it will be in the New York Times. Um, Vivek Swami people seem to care about him a little bit. I couldn't care less about any single Republican candidate. Uh, but yeah. mostly Vivek Ramaswamy. Yeah. How about you?
2: My mom watched the first debates.
1: Yeah, I couldn't even be bothered. I could, like, Arizona Republican put it on, and I'm just like, I don't care. (laughs) I don't care at all. I'm leaving the room. I I actively want to not care.
2: This guy had, like, this kind of energy, like, he walks in the room, he knows more than you, he's cooler than you, and he knows it, and he doesn't care what you say. (laughs) And it's just like...
1: He seemed like such a twat hole. That yeah. I couldn't even. I couldn't even find out what he was about.
2: And then, like, I don't know. I felt like he was like mugging for the camera sometimes too. Like, like he would say something that he'd be like looking down the barrel.
1: But like, is he trolling? Not, not that I think that he's actually trolling. Like he's not. Like he's not a Republican. But like, again, I don't really know what he stands for. But he seems like such an ass that like I thought maybe. He doesn't actually think he'd ever become president. He just, like, wants the clout that then he could use later. I don't know. But I know nothing about him, so who knows? How about you?
2: The only thing I remember about that is he constantly defends Donald Trump. And it's like, huh? what are you doing, bro? Okay,
1: what a lamer.
2: Riding on coattails. Um, I'm going to pick Taylor Swift and... Travis? Is that it?
1: Yeah, Travis Kelsey.
2: Yeah. I. That was one of the... So occasionally I'll do this on my news feed. I will click the three dots and say, don't show me this story anymore. <laughs> yeah. That was one that uh, every single time it came up, I <laughs> hit the three dots and said, stop showing me this. And it yeah. still does. No.
1: <laughs> oh.
2: And I guess it's just because it assumes that everybody cares, but like... I don't because I yeah, guess I, I j- like, I don't care who Taylor Swift is with and I don't think anybody should because everybody loves the aftermath. Nobody yeah. like, what is she going to put out an album about how she's in love with her husband? Nobody's going to like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that is actually very true. <laughs> uh, man, when I was with Aaron's family on Thanksgiving, his mother was, like, just telling me facts about Taylor Swift. And then his brother was, like, (laughs) saying he went to see Taylor Swift. And I was just like, huh? And I was just like, I don't, and I was just like, are you all, like, Swifties? And, like, they all just kind of laughed. But it seems like they were. And it was just, I I was just like, I don't know. Like, older people talking about Taylor Swift is weird to me. Also, like, Young men caring about Taylor Swift is weird to me. I was just like, "Whoa!" Again, I, I'm not gonna pretend I hate Taylor Swift to be cool. I have literally no opinion, and I've heard a song or two, and I'm like, "Meh," but I'm not like F- Taylor Swift. I am like F- Beyonce, but I'm not gonna get into that. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, I will say though, I like the Kelsey brothers because mm, was were they both on SNL? At least. Yeah, his brother is also a football man.
2: Okay, a footballman.
1: Yeah, and one of them was on SNL and they were funny, or both of them were. I don't know. I think that's the only reason why I know that they exist. Because I do know they exist somehow. Yeah. <laughs> but not because I care about Taylor Swift and him. Anyway, whatever.
2: I, I think I'm with you. It's like uh, I don't have an opinion i'm not gonna say that she's bad at what she does because you know numbers speak that she is good at what she does but it's not for me
1: oh i don't know if it's patreon exclusive or a regular feed episode but if you either like taylor swift or just have a slight interest in her there's a anon anonymous episode about the gaylor conspiracy which is basically everyone thinking that all of these songs are Taylor Swift sending secret messages to let people know she actually is gay and was in a relationship with Carly Kloss. Um, oh
2: yeah, I have heard them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I recommend it. That must
2: have been on Lizard People.
1: I, <laughs> yeah, everyone loves to talk about the Gaylor Conspiracy. It's very interesting. <laughs> anyway, I mean, I don't think it's real, but who knows?
2: Listener Mail. Alright, we got a couple more messages from people. A Whoa. Including one of our favorites who's
3: not a Michael. Ooh. Yo, y'all heard. Congratulations on three hundred episodes. Alright. Very proud of you. I find myself asking this question to myself every time I listen to a broadcast. I
2: have I have to say I have a little bit of a problem with this part, Richard.
1: <laughs> Wait, what?
3: why am i listening to this it's quirky it's funny it's unusual i'm not sure what i'm doing listening to it but i can't stop i love you guys take care oh
1: thanks richard yeah you should never you should not question it you should say yeah i'm listening to this it feels right (laughs) also you said one of our favorites who wasn't a michael and i was like Ooh, who is that It's as if I assume everyone we like is somehow named Michael. I forgot Richard's (laughs) name is not
2: Michael. It's not
1: Michael. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Richard.
2: And we will not call him Michael Richards. No. (laughs) All right. Our last message is, um, it's actually from a few people. Uh, I had to kind of like smash it together because they were all so short.
1: Okay.
2: Happy 300th episode of your podcast. You all heard. You find some of the weirdest stuff to talk about.
0: Happy 300th episode. You, too. Pete is okay, but Marissa is my favorite. This is Jay. I'm wishing you a happy 300th. That episode on me was disrespectful.
2: Happy anniversary, show. I guess
0: you're not green around the gills anymore. Uh -uh.
2: Merry
3: Christmas.
0: Your show carries the wisdom that my voice does. May you enjoy your 300th episode and the holiday break.
3: Going to your 300th
2: episode. I think, quote, go ahead
1: and make rank 3.
0: Congratulations. Because, uh, nice. Hey, LB doesn't let me listen because she's jealous, but I love your podcast. Happy 300th. I hope she doesn't hear this.
3: The only thing keeping the nation afloat is this show. Happy 300th episode and keep it up. The Marvel's tanked because I couldn't stop listening to your podcast. Happy 300th <laughs> episodes. Watch Marvel's VOD in January.
1: So I just want to say that I can't believe... That I forgot that that was a thing because I feel like <laughs> always like do that for all of our commemorative episodes. I was like, who is gonna be? this? Who could possibly this be? And two, AI's creepy.
2: It is. It is.
1: Well, that's pretty good. That the Yay one is pretty good. Kermit, mm-hmm. spot on. All right, and so uh, Jason Statham. I thought he was there. <laughs> Nice, Pete. Thank you for your... The only
2: one I couldn't get that I really wanted to work was Steve Harvey, but...
1: How how come... What do you mean it didn't work? I
2: I guess people haven't trained his his voice enough to, uh, to be better.
1: Boo! How do I find this access to things?
2: I think it's called Fake You. Okay. It's a website.
1: Just curious. Okay. There was something I wanted to tell you when you asked how I was doing that I forgot. I just wanted to let you know that I got pizza delivered the other day. And I got so excited that oh, I ran no. and I fell down the stairs. Okay.
2: <laughs> I was worried that it wasn't gonna be gluten free and you were gonna beat someone no. to death.
1: Oh, then I would I would fucking oh, I would go ballistic, but no, I have a gigantic welt on my back from falling down the stairs. Okay,
2: okay, good. Crazy. I was hoping that you fell backward and, and slid rather than yeah. forward and died.
1: Okay oh, <laughs> Yeah. I'm a ghost. <laughs> anyway, guys, I'm going to keep it simple. I want to know... Why red and green? <laughs> <laughs> Pete, do you know why red and green?
2: No. No, I don't.
1: So when you Google Gosh, it...
2: I could have I could have done my half on... Why is it Xmas?
1: <laughs> what? Hey, you just said that's something Christmas related.
2: No, but... I remember when I was a kid... There was a bar and they didn't have enough lights to spell Christmas, so it said Merry Xmas. Yeah. And I said, Mom, why does it say Xmas? <laughs> and my mom goes, well, you know, if you turn the X, it's kind of like a cross, and okay. Jesus was on a cross, <laughs> and I was like, okay, as a kid, I'm just like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense.
1: <laughs> okay, so that that is going to tie into a point I say right after what I'm about to say. <laughs> So when you Google why red and green are the colors of Christmas...
2: Okay, thank one God of you wrote more.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: no. Why red and <laughs> green?
1: I don't, I don't know how I worded it, actually. But uh, when you Google it, one of the first results is this. Throughout the Bible, red and green symbolize the life of Jesus. Red is the blood of Jesus Christ, and green is the evergreen tree, representing eternal life as it stays this hue throughout the winter. These two colors also represent the leaves and holly berries, embodying the crown of thorns on Jesus' head on the cross. Now, I love Jesus and I am a Christian. Uh, But like the way Pete said his mother said that the X was because if you turn it, it symbolizes the cross. I do often wonder if when Christians say that Christmas traditions are rooted in something biblical, if they actually are or if the traditions existed and Christians just kinda like make something up after the fact to root yeah, it in Christianity. Yeah.
2: I don't know if you've uh, ever heard the the there's like a little story about a candy cane. And oh yeah, and like if you flip it over it's a J.
1: Yes, I and know. It's that's just what like, Kirk used to say.
2: That's not that's not a thing, guys.
1: <laughs> that's not. But also you could just say it was like Like, the staff of a shepherd or something. Like, that's way easier than turning it around. But anyway, so yes, my church used to say that. Um, So, well, Christmas, you know, Christians do celebrate it as the birth of Christ, which apparently historians even debate if that's when it is. They say it's probably not. It's probably in March or something. Anyway, uh, many historians say that a lot of our Christmas traditions are rooted in the traditions from pagan holidays, and they were just kind of, like, repurposed so that people who were pagans wouldn't really, like, lose their holiday, and, like, to kind of, like, be like, celebrate Christmas, it's just like your pagan holiday. It's like, yeah. you don't have to, whatever. So, I was like, hmm, is it really, like, also, Jesus isn't known that he had holly berries on his crown of thorns? Do you know that?
2: No, he, the- I think not No,
1: think
2: I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I don't think Holly grows in the Middle East.
1: I don't think so either. Now, I'm sorry. Holly Berry's embodying the crown of thorns. So I'm sorry. They're symbolic for the crown of thorns. I don't know.
2: And I don't think I've ever seen the crown of thorns depicted as fresh.
1: Like green. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sorry. It doesn't say it is as embodying. But, but I don't,
2: even if you I, were going to take the crown of thorns as green you're gonna get the red from blood coming out of his head. Yeah. So and I don't know if that's really, like...
0: Yeah, <laughs> Let's so bathe our clothes
2: I, in Jesus' blood.
1: Yeah, exactly. Immediately, I was like, no, that is not why. This was the actual reason. So there are various opinions. And there Like, there's various opinions, first of all, like, what it's rooted in, but second of all, like, some say, like, yeah, the colors existed ahead of time, but it wasn't really popular until this happened. So... We're going to talk about the various... And some people
2: were like, colors aren't real.
1: (laughs) That too. (laughs) So we're going to talk about the various... uh, What various historians and color... Whatever, theorists study. Color studiers say, or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So many say this Christmas color scheme came from the ancient Romans. So... Uh, many historians point to the ancient Roman celebration of Saturnalia, which, by the way, ancient Romans uh, were pagan. So when I say it was like rooted in pagan traditions, this would tie into that. So, uh, yeah. So ancient Romans celebrated Saturnalia, which honored the god Saturn and occurred every year between December 17 and December 23rd. During the celebration, Romans apparently would decorate their homes with holly. And place small figurines called sigillaria on the boughs of evergreen trees. Over time, the evergreen leaves and red berries came to symbolize the festive and merry season. Sure, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I could believe that. Other scholars say it dates back to medieval times. Uh, I will say that Both of these articles said the time period. And I was like, wait, like, what does that equate to? So hopefully I did it right. So I think the 1300s are medieval times. (laughs) Um, Some scholars date the tradition of red and green at Christmas back to the 1300s. I will say this right now. I don't believe this one, (laughs) but whatever. (laughs) Uh, So apparently in the 1300s, This is when a lot of churches would present something called miracle plays. Religious plays that were meant to educate a largely illiterate public who could not read the Bible. I mean, I think lots of churches have plays. I don't know. Yeah, like a
2: little Christmas pageant type thing. Yeah,
1: so I don't, but whatever. Uh, One popular miracle play performed on Christmas Eve was called the Paradise Play. It told the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden where, like, you know, God says, don't eat the apples, but Eve is like, yeah, let's eat the apples. Eve's like, I'm a
2: woman, and we're evil.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then, like, they're <laughs> banished out of paradise. So as the story goes... My
2: favorite, my favorite part of that story is Jesus being like, why are you hiding? And he's like, because I'm naked. What? <laughs> yeah. How do you know you're naked? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, so, since apple trees were barren in winter... Churches would instead bring in pine trees and fasten apples to their branches to, resi- to represent the tree of good and evil. Over time, people began to duplicate this practice in their own homes, developing the tradition of the Christmas tree and using red and green as Christmas colors. I don't know. You think red and green? No, right? That no, I'm not one seems- buying that one. I don't buy that one at all for some reason. <laughs> it seems a little convoluted. And
2: how many... How many- apples are you supposed to put in the tree? You really just I- need the one, right? Yeah.
1: I I don't know. Whatever. Um, okay. Gosh. Oh,
2: are you allowed to eat it? The apple? Yeah. Well, I
1: guess if you put multiple... Oh, wait, wait, no. no I'm I struggling not.
2: here. I'm struggling here because if you have the apple in the tree,
1: mm. you're
2: not supposed to take the apple and eat it, so you're wasting an apple. But also, why do you have the tree at all? Because it's the tree of knowledge. You're not supposed to be near it in the first place.
1: Well, you do eat them and you go, Ooh, I'm Eve. <laughs> Every Christmas there's a tradition of becoming Eve. The
2: kids go to bed early. <laughs> Mom and Dad role play.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's what you said. And then in the, the, the next people.
2: morning after the apples are off the tree, the kids bob for apples.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> and um, if they okay. die,
2: they're not witches.
1: <laughs> <laughs> By the way, did you ever bob for apples when you were a kid? I supposedly remember bobbing for apples and how gross that is.
2: I just remember how stupid it was. It's like, of course the thing's going to sink every time I put my face in here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> or not sink, thought... but
2: like bob away.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's what made it fun. And everyone goes, ha ha ha. Try again. Let me put
2: my face in there next.
1: <laughs> Ew. <laughs> okay so some other historians say the color scheme came from the renaissance period this one I also am like uh, I don't know <laughs> so apparently red and green was a common color pairing used on these sort of religious screens that were called roods that were used in church at the time So, rudes were used in churches at that time period to separate where the congregation sits from where the clergy or the priests would sit. Um, These religious screens were often intricately carved with, like, saints, donors, and other figures. So, basically, this separated, you know, people watching church from the people presenting churchy stuff. So, red and green were the usual colors used on these screens most of the time. Not necessarily for any like significance, but uh, historians say likely because those were the most easily available ink pigments at the time. Uh,
2: That's lazy, historians. Yeah.
1: So a lot of us, well, I don't know about a lot, but some historians think that Christmas came to be the colors of, I'm sorry, red and green came to be the colors of Christmas because having those like red and green um, religious screens at church like made people associate... The Colors with Jesus. I also don't know if I buy that one. No, no. Okay. Um, Lastly, we have a modern one. I realize this is a very short episode, but we're sharing, so I kept it short. Hopefully, don't hate me. Anyway, more modern uh, uh, roots of it. Uh, According to Ariel Extutt, co-author of the book, secret language of color. That's who I call the color studier. (laughs) She or they attribute... A doctor of color. (laughs) Wait, no. A
2: doctor in colors. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, wait.
1: (laughs) Wait. Uh, So Exit attributes the palette's rise to two things. Holly and... You want to guess what the other one is? Modern?
2: Holly and
1: Santa? (laughs) Uh, Indirectly, Coca-Cola. So Ariel actually says, Holly has played a huge part in this red and green association. She's telling this in an NPR article. She references what I said at the start. She says, you know, Holly dates back to the winter solstice celebration with the Romans and maybe beyond. But it took a while for red and green together to be the top Christmas colors. She said that Victorian Christmas cards used to use a lot of different palettes, Mm. whether it be red and green, red and blue, blue and green, or sometimes blue and white. And actually, Victorians often put Santa in either blue, green, and only sometimes red robes. However, all of that changed in 1931. When Coca-Cola hired an artist to create a Santa Claus. Uh, They had done this before, but this particular artist created the Santa Claus that we generally associate with the Santa Claus today in many ways. He was fat and jolly. Apparently, according to this article, before Coca-Cola, Santa was often thin and elf-like. I don't know. Uh, This Coca-Cola Santa had red robes.
2: I'm not buying this either.
1: I don't know. <laughs> uh, because
2: so yeah. a visit from Saint Nick, first published anonymously in 1823, later yeah. attributed to Clement Clark Moore, 1837.
3: Uh-huh. He's got like, a bowl
2: full of jelly. His his belly, like. Are you sure? Yeah.
1: Oh, that's the one where it says he has a belly like a bowl full of jelly. Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't mean it's like a really like a. Like a bunch of jelly.
2: Oh, you think it's like a thin guy who's just flabby.
1: Yeah. He has a loose stomach. (laughs) Hey, I'm not saying this is true. I'm saying according to this lady. (laughs) Anyway. uh, So, yeah. This was apparently a fat Santa jolly. And he was wearing the bright red robes, which are possibly just to match the color of the Coca-Cola logo. And uh, apparently after this ad just... You know, this depiction of Santa really took a hold in American culture. The artist was Haddon Sundblom, and his ads were such a hit that Coca-Cola continued working with him for decades. X says, quote, It solidified in our collective imagination the red of Santa's robes with the green of fir trees and holly and poinsettia that we already had in our minds. This particular shade of red and green... Came to signify Christmas. Thank you, Coca-Cola. <laughs> That's what I got.
2: We'll call that one the American explanation.
1: Uh oh, <laughs> are you going to segue? and know you have another explanation from another country. No. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> it just feels very American to. Oh,
1: absolutely. Point to
2: a company and a brand <laughs> to
1: absolutely. explain. Yeah.
2: Hmm. If you guys have an old grandparent, ask them what Santa looked like when they were a kid.
1: My grandma is—I don't know. She's old enough that she was alive she, during the yeah, Great Depression.
2: She's old enough.
1: Yeah, I bet she won't. No,
2: but oh she'll be like, "There is no Santa. I bought those presents."
1: <laughs> what the f- are you talking about? <laughs>
2: Uh, well, um, there are some other creatures who are red or green. Maybe both. I don't know. Um, Those would be dragons. But we're not going to talk about Christmas dragons.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> Imagine dragons, the band, would have you believe.
1: Well, I hate them.
2: That they have been to the North Pole. <laughs> In 2012, they told us all that they were on top of the world. But I don't think they were. I think it was just an expression. (laughs) But what if they were?
1: I just want to let you know before you continue that I continuously do not know who is Imagine Dragons and who is the Lumineers. And I've heard (laughs) they don't play similar music at all. But I don't know why I think they're the same people.
2: They're both very commercial. Okay. So, if Imagine Dragons had been at the North Pole, would they have seen Santa's workshop?
1: I'm sorry. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) You said this already? but where did they say they did? how did information come out that they've been to the North Pole?
2: They sing a song, and in that song, they go, I'm on top of the world.
1: Oh, so that means the North Pole?
2: Well, that's just the top of the world.
1: Oh, I guess so. Yeah, that's true. But if you were in outer space, that wouldn't make you on top of the world.
2: In the music video, they actually go in that direction. They, they are space. I saw a thumbnail. I didn't watch it.
1: Okay. Our Imagine Jack is just like two dudes in my <laughs> mind. They just must be two dudes wearing fedoras.
2: I think it's three. Ugh.
1: I don't know why.
2: And the singer just sings. I don't like that in bands. The singer just sings, and he he hits a giant drum. Because I saw Imagine Dragons live.
1: (laughs) What? Who the f*** did that to you?
2: They were opening for the Jezebels.
1: Oh, God. I thought the Jezebels would not do that to someone.
2: I thought they just were like, we need an opener.
1: (laughs) Did they have fedoras? I don't think so. Did they have... I'm going to let you go on just one more. Did they have suspenders on?
2: I feel like one of them might.
1: Yeah, of course they did. Okay, continue. I don't mean under your pants. If you need suspenders to keep your pants up, that's fine. I mean noticeable
0: suspenders.
2: (laughs) Okay, so after that diversion... (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be many times in this when you go, why was he just talking about that? It's not related to the next thing.
1: (laughs) Okay. Oh, is, is your whole thing about Imagine Dragons? No. Thank God.
2: Would you believe that there are three North Poles And I'm not talking about locations in the world named North Pole. I'm not talking about North Pole, Alaska.
1: Is that a real place? Yes. I don't know what's (laughs) anything.
2: There's one that we can think of easily, and that's basically if you were to look at a globe where all the lines kind of meet at the top. Okay. Or if you were to look at a flat map, sort of like the top center. Yeah, okay. Then you also have the magnetic North Pole. Which is where a compass needle would point down if it could. Okay. And then you have a geomagnetic North Pole. Which is where, curiously enough, compass needles point when they're looking for north. Okay. Now, I'm not a scientist. I can't explain any of that. Okay. But the geomagnetic North Pole is actually on the move. Why? Currently, the geomagnetic North Pole is in Canada but it's moving toward Russia because the earth itself is, you know, moving around.
1: So, I'm sorry, it's moving, like, it constantly moves as the earth rotates or it's just moving over time?
2: It's moving over time, but there's, say, a difference between, like, the 90s and the 2000s, for example.
1: Okay, gotcha.
2: Oh, okay. So, regardless of all of that stuff, um, If you were to triangulate the magnetic, geomagnetic, and geographic North Poles, you would end up with a triangle that has at least hundreds of square miles in it. So my question is, how are you going to find Santa's workshop in that amount of space? It's a lot of space to hunt through.
1: Oh, same question I have.
2: Yes, you could use a boat, maybe a plane. Maybe you would use your feet, but you wouldn't be able to find it. Mm Mm-hmm. To get to Santa's workshop, you need to find the entrance, and you won't because it's hidden by an invisibility cloak. Oh,
1: I forgot you do these kind of things on Christmas.
2: Only recently have scientists tapped into the tech that Santa has been using for years. Huh. A lenticular lens. Lenticular coming from the word lentils.
1: <laughs> okay. No, you're not. Yep. <laughs> no.
2: Lying? I'm not lying. Okay. According to the developers, when multiple of these lenticular sheets with different lens distributions are layered in just the right How way... How is
1: similar to a lentil?
2: The shape of the lens.
1: It was like concave or vex?
2: It's, um...
1: <laughs> what?
2: So I'm just... I hope, I hope you remember from last week. It's kind of like
1: ruffles. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, got it. Um, That's not like a lentil. Lentils aren't ruffled. (laughs) Whatever, continue.
2: When they're layered just the right way, they're able to refract light at a myriad different angles to create dead spots. Mm. Light is no longer able to pass through these points hiding the subject behind them from view while the background remains unchanged. Okay. It sounds like science fiction, but it is actually happening. A lot of this information I got from 2019. Okay. And now it's
1: 2023. (laughs) This is
2: a lot. (laughs) These cloaks also conceal from infrared and thermal imaging. And they're doing it with the same technology that makes old baseball cards... Make it look like a player is in one position, and then you tilt it, and they're in another position.
1: Like the hologram thing? Yeah. Okay.
2: The quantum stealth, which is one of these invisibility cloaks, isn't perfect yet. There are some restrictions to the effectiveness of the material, as it requires the subject or object to stand a certain distance away in order to be concealed. And the effect might be more or less convincing when you're viewing it from different angles. And that makes sense for everyday use in the world we live in, where there's a lot of different things happening, a lot of different backgrounds. But if you're surrounded by water, snow, and clouds, and you've already mastered the technology, I think you can hide pretty well with where this the invisibility cloak. Where did
1: you cloak. research this from?
2: I have reputable sources.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> the material helps keep the North Pole isolated and unfound. You just but,
1: spent all night making all of this up?
2: <laughs> but it's not what you think up there. Sure, it's snow, ice, cold, and danger, but not where Santa and the elves live. Show you something. I'm Guy Kramer, President and CEO of Hyperstealth Biotechnology Corporation. And in did 2000- you see that?
1: <laughs> Explain to everyone what happened.
2: There's a guy behind. Like it looks like a. Sh- it looks like plastic sheeting over a wall.
1: Like, the sheeting you, like, put to insulate your windows on yeah. the winter or something.
2: And in, and behind it, you can just see a wall. Yeah. And then a man comes out from behind.
1: Yeah, it was like an invisibility cloak.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm showing Marissa this video so that she is with me.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. 2010, I figured out invisibility. Quantum
2: Stealth is a patent-pending wow. light-bending material that works by bending the light... So that only the background is visible and a target such as a person is removed from view when behind this material.
1: I mean you can see him a little bit.
2: You think that you think they could find somebody a little bit more excited to be doing
1: this. I know. I mean you get when when you don't know that he's there, you don't see anything. But when you know that he's there, you could tell that a shadow is added.
2: Yes. And but I would also say if you if you could see the space between the wall and the sheet. Again, if it's further, if he's further away, you know, diff- different things come into play. Yeah. Okay. So, Marissa, are you thoroughly impressed with the invisibility cloak?
1: That was pretty impressive. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Is this real? What? What if part of this is real and not real? That is real. <laughs> okay.
2: So, like I said, invisibility cloak hides the entrance to Santa's workshop, but. There is snow, ice, cold, and danger up there in the Arctic, but it's not where Santa and the elves live, because
1: mm, Yeah.
2: Hyperborea was a famous realm of eternal spring located in the far north, beyond the home of the North Wind. Okay. Its people were a blessed, long-lived race, untouched by war, hard turmoil, and the ravages of old age and disease. Its, okay. main, its main river was lined with amber-weeping poplar trees and its water home to flocks of white swans. Mm. They were blessed with eternal spring and land-producing two crops of grain per year, but most of the countryside was wild and covered in beautiful forests. The southern border of Hyperborea was guarded by bitterly cold peaks of impassable surrounding mountains. So... You have these big, scary mountains, and then right over that mountain, paradise.
0: Okay.
1: I like it.
2: Later writers disagreed on the existence and location of Hyperborea, with some regarding the people as purely mythological, and others connecting them to real-world places, and places usually in northern Eurasia. Now, Like, what
1: real-world places?
2: If you are listening to this and you don't know what Eurasia is, there used to be maps that would just take Asia and Europe and smash yeah. them together.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: <laughs> Including places like Britain, Scandinavia, or Siberia. Okay. Legend says that these people had exports, like I mentioned, their grains, and offerings for others, like any nation would. They sent out five men and two maidens to spread their offerings to other lands but none of them returned. Believing that the group met a terrible fate and that they'd be doomed to lose whoever they sent out, they isolated from the outside world. They would leave exports and offerings at their borders, but they would never go beyond them. Marissa, how tall would you guess a Hyperborean is, on average?
1: Seven feet.
2: They're actually nine feet tall.
1: So they're really just the tall white aliens?
2: And nine feet tall is too big for an elf. We can all agree on that.
1: So they're really just the Nordic aliens, yeah?
2: But some say (laughs) that while in isolation, these beings began to devolve. Still, if you define evolution as evolving to fit your surroundings, really they just evolved into smaller people. Yeah,
1: okay. That's interesting, yeah.
2: They were safe from invasion, cloaked by invisibility, and everything was great. They didn't need to be nine feet tall anymore. They could now be little people, you know, because why not? Okay. (laughs) And if you lived in a paradise with no conflicts and total harmony, how would you keep yourself occupied all day? There are many ways to find purpose in life, and some of them include work, art, charity. And of the ways to accomplish this, you could make toys for kids across the world. Though that's not all. Some of them would be farmers, some of them would take care of the reindeer, some of them, you know, would just be like house elves.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, okay.
2: And another sign of utopian societies is having people dress pretty similarly, because that's one less area where they can compete with one another. With that desire gone, why wouldn't you just wear some shoes with bells, striped tights, and a Mm -hmm. nightcap style hat?
1: Yeah, very true. I would.
2: You could still add some flair with combinations of colors or other elements, so you still have some freedom of expression. Okay. You know, there's another thing about Hyperboreans, or should I say elves? Christmas elves? (laughs) Okay. They live for 1,000 years.
1: How do you know?
2: If any Hyperborean decided to shorten that period... They decked themselves in garlands and threw themselves from a rock into the sea.
1: So Do you think
2: that's a coincidence?
1: Kind of like Garland in... Kind of like in um Midsummer? It? Yeah, Midsummer <laughs> And did all the elves have to watch them kill themselves.
2: That I don't know.
1: Okay. Follow up with that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So I believe that the Christmas elves are hyperboreans. And that Hyperborea exists just out of reach from us finding it. Huh. Some people suspect that Hyperborea I guess to speculate. Some people speculate that Hyperborea is more of like a state of mind than a location.
1: Like a lifestyle?
2: That it sort of represents paradise.
1: A way of life,
2: and that paradise isn't uh a place you can necessarily go. It might be like mental enlightenment or something mm-hmm. like that,
1: yeah, that sounds okay. That sounds like a good way to live
2: of course, most gigantic white people of legend are often used for nefarious purposes, yeah, in this case, many see hyperborea as one of the quote unquote root races, so uh. Uh. Fascists, radicals, and, of course, Nazis, have held Hyperboreans up as champions. <laughs> in August <sighs> oh, 2021, yeah. a report published by the Institute for Strategic Dialogue highlighted increased content in promoting Hyperborea on the social networking site TikTok. What the f***? What <laughs> report-
1: kind of dumb f-
2: the report indicated that hyperborean imagery and symbology is increasingly being used as a form of esoteric Nazism by neo-Nazi TikTok users. In twi- Man,
1: Nazis are not cool ever, but they're just so f***ing, somehow, more dumb. <laughs> like, yeah. they're just, like, f***ing, like what are you? You can't you, birds?
2: you can't take our Christmas elves away and just say that they're Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. In
1: 1992,
2: a Russian philosopher imagined Russia as the Hyperboreans, and they are at odds with the Atlanteans who would be represented by the U.S. And it's easy to dismiss that because I mean, Atlantis is just a satellite office of Santa's workshop. So that's not really like a thing. You know,
1: yeah, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> what an interesting presentation! Thank you. I'm glad you stuck with that. What,
2: what we want to take back Hyperboreans, we yeah, want to take, take them back from the Nazis, and we want to hold them up as Christmas elves.
1: <laughs> yeah, take back Hyperborea. Hashtag that.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, at the end, I did mention that Atlantis is just a satellite office of Santa's workshop. And I did a lot of research on that and Which I just
1: chose uh, to accept with no question.
2: I, I do believe that it's true, although you know, different types of people live underwater than on the land, so
1: Yeah, I need to emotionally prepare myself for all of your Christmas episodes. I totally forgot. I totally forgot that you could do something really weird. <laughs> anyway, I applaud you.
2: Thank you. I applaud you too, Marissa
1: thank you because
2: we made it to 300 episodes
1: oh man
2: and if you've made it this far in the podcast this is when we tell you that we're not doing another episode for a couple of
1: weeks (laughs) but that's not meaning there will be absolutely no content yes Um, I'm going to create an episode that would probably usually be behind the paywall a sort of um, special gossip grill for all listeners and Pete are you making something
2: I have some paywalled content that our patrons will be able to get earlier. Okay. But we'll make up the second half of the episode that Marissa's putting together. And it is, for anybody who needs to know, my coverage of the QVC HSN Plus original movie, The Recipe Files.
1: Nice. All right, yeah. I'm looking forward to that.
2: I Googled it so much. There was, like, a part of me that wanted... To close the window every time it was up on my screen, but then I needed to go back and get more information.
1: Yeah. Um, And I just want to let you guys know I am going to do an episode of Gossip Grill. I cannot promise that I won't let snack information seep into it, (laughs) but I promise to not, not like anyone cares either way, but I'm not going to fully turn my Gossip Grill into a food show. But if there's like really cool snack information, I might sneak it into the to the end. Cause snacks are the true celebrities.
2: Plugs. So Marissa, do you have anything that you'd like to plug?
1: <laughs>
2: I think that should be a new show, by the way. Ooh. Celeb gossip. Because snacks are the new celeb.
1: <laughs> Can we just kill Gossip Grill and that's what I do now? <laughs> um, I guess I'll plug. So, I don't blame Pete for it. But I will say, although I love the Muppets, Pete used to have a Christmas party and he used to play Muppets Christmas Carol on repeat over and over again to a point where I think I didn't want to watch it anymore and I thought it seemed really boring. Because <laughs> I think like, I just, like, Select parts of the party, like, because it's boring for periods of time. Yeah, and select part of the party. I just look over and be like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> it's it's a little boring when the ghosts of Christmas past and present uh, at certain points are with Scrooge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I finally was like, you know what? I haven't seen this movie for so long, and I sat down and watched it yesterday, and it was so it was so happy. And even though I fucking know how it ends I almost cried when when we found out that tiny Tim died Mm -hmm. by the ghost of Christmas future I have to say this I'm not proud of it but if it was a human Christmas Carol (laughs) wouldn't really care yeah no but since it was a tiny frog puppet yeah holy shit I was just like oh this is brutal (laughs) (laughs) so anyway
2: and Miss Piggy does a great Great job in that movie too.
1: Yeah, and the, the the children. Oh, it's a good good movie. And Michael Caine, fantastic. Uh, anyway, guys, I recommend that if you haven't watched it in forever, give it a chance. It's lovely, and the music was fun. So
2: yeah, revisit those classics.
1: Yeah. Um, How
2: about you? Speaking of that old Christmas party, another thing I would do is play Last Christmas uh, on repeat in the bathroom. And, God,
1: your party was weird.
2: <laughs> and uh, I have a fun way. I have updated the playlist for another year, so now there are actually more than 100 versions of it out on Spotify. You can look for the playlist called 100 Plus Versions of Last Christmas.
1: I'm sorry. Did you just tell me that you updated the playlist, but there's, do you still play music on repeat in your bathroom?
2: No. Or- I updated the playlist that I would use in the
1: bathroom. Oh, I but I updated my annual repeat bathroom <laughs> playlist. <laughs> okay, um, these parties were something. I'll tell you that they were. They were. They're pretty impressive. I miss them sometimes. And they I got weird at a point, I not got because of Pete.
2: Really drunk at a few of them. So
1: yeah, a lot of people got really drunk and. <laughs>
2: but i could do that because i live here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh anyway guys, i just want to thank you if you've been with us this long. Holy shit, thank you. Even if you just found us and you listen, thank you so much. And um keep listening cuz whether or not we wanna stop, me and Pete will probably feel guilty to continue this for a long time. <laughs>
2: Yeah, when we go to once every other week, then you know the end is near. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know the end is near, but we probably will still feel guilty for a whole other year and do it. Yes. Um, So, yeah.
2: Any
1: any last words? Did
2: you also happen to have any updates for, like, related to the mail, maybe?
1: Oh, yeah. They're going out this week, I promise. Okay. But they're not out yet. (laughs) Yes. Those packages I've had, they are going out. They're ready. I haven't set them out yet, but they're going out this week. I'm not allowed to go home for the holidays until they're sent out. So, I'm not promising them before Christmas, but they should get I mean, unless the mail's crazy, but they should be there either before New Year's or around New Year's.
2: I also um just wanted to mention I didn't <laughs> tell Marissa we actually sponsored <laughs>
1: Do we use our Patreon money to sponsor a child overseas? Is this when you tell me this?
2: (laughs) No, do you want to?
1: (laughs) I don't know how legit those are. I don't know.
2: Uh, We sponsored a team at the USA Field Hockey uh, Masters. What? At the Pan Ams.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry, what?
2: And we got our name on the backs of their shirts.
1: What? Whoa! Are there pictures? No. <laughs> <gasps> Whoa! No! Oh, that's
0: crazy!
2: But I'm telling you this. I I could have never told you, but I'm telling you this because they came in second. Why <laughs> they would earned. You
1: never, why they was you earned tell me That the silver. Well, because that would be so weird if you never told me that,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I gotta save some things for when we're living in a nursing home next door to each other. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh man, I wish there were pictures. Are we, like, listed somewhere? Somewhere. Okay, if you ever find out, let me know.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'll see if I can find some proof.
1: Well, congratulations, Girls Pan Am, or whatever you said.
2: Oh, it's Team USA. Okay, at the 2023 World Masters Hockey Pan American Continental Cup in Buenos Aires, Argentina.
1: Do you know what other sponsors there were that we were alongside?
2: Um. No.
1: Okay, that's okay. I have the I have
2: a shirt. We're not on this shirt because we didn't give enough money. But
1: ah, boo. Okay, but that's so cool. Yeah. Thank you for telling me. is that long ago? Did you do this?
2: I don't know. Maybe like a month or so.
1: (laughs) You're weird. Anyway, guys, thank you for listening. We love you. And, and if, uh, if you
2: know something that we can sponsor, like, your you know, get an ad in one of your children's play programs, you just let us know.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, just make sure we don't promote ourselves to children. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to stop. I didn't curse when my brother listened. I'm never doing that again.
2: I mean, no, we'll we'll put it adults only.
1: Okay, okay.
2: <laughs> 18 plus podcast.
1: <laughs> um, hot teens <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you have a thing you want us to sponsor call us at 570 pod one one or you can uh,
2: email us at you at gmail dot com
1: and as always feel free to slide in my dms in a non-sexual way uh, at risk vandal um, I have various projects coming out in 2024 that no one is obligated to pay attention to. I'm going to roll them out very quietly. <laughs> but if you do care about shit I make, uh, I guess you keep an eye out on... I don't even know. Maybe I won't even tell anyone on Instagram. Maybe I'll tell no one. And everyone has to find me organically. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm talking about my sub stack. Anyway, whatever. We'll see. That's
2: how I feel about poo jokes. And uh, I think I have like four followers.
1: So. Well, you know what? They probably really love you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, guys, uh, stay safe out there, and Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Bye.